0: Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world.
1: Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Kevin King, Michael E. Gerber, author of The E-Myth, and Stephen Pope. Today, I'm speaking with Ehud Segev, the brain behind the new technology, Logi.ai, and we are going to be talking a lot about increasing your sales on Amazon through influencer and content creators and how it's going to fundamentally change the e-commerce game over the next decade. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Ehud, I started my business back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years but I made a lot of mistakes along the way that made the path of getting to eight figures take a lot longer than it needed to. There were times where I had a lot of self-doubt, whether I could be a leader and manage a team of people, or whether my brand could survive and become a household name, or if I could even have the financial stability to continue to stay in the game. I wish I would have had a guide along the way that would have helped me overcome some of those obstacles and know the next steps to take. So for our listeners that have hit stumbling blocks or roadblocks, and want to know the next steps to take their business to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com, that's ecom with two Ms, to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com and in your subject line say strategy audit and then plead your case as to why I should choose you and your business to work with for this month. But everybody, I am super excited to be introducing you to Ehud Segev. Ehud is a renowned mentalist who combines his knowledge of the subconscious mind with business and marketing. He is also known as the mentalizer and has appeared on TV and stages worldwide. He, is, he became interested in Amazon over 10 years ago after publishing two best-selling books, That were translated into several languages. He is an authority in Amazon marketing and has helped many sellers increase their income on the platform. So with that introduction, welcome to the show, Ehud. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. I am super excited to have you on the show today because what you are going to share with everybody is going to be game-changing and uh, some jaws are going to drop as uh, people listen to this podcast episode. So If you're driving, hold on tight, because this is going to be some deep knowledge that we get into, and it's going to be really exciting. So, Ahud, before we dive into all of that, why don't you provide just a brief background about how you, you know, got interested in the Amazon space over 10 years ago and what led you to kind of where you are today and kind of helping be the brains behind this new software, Logi.ai, that we're going to be diving into.
0: That's a great question. And you know, I I didn't even know what Amazon was <laughs> when I was just back in Israel, in Tel Aviv, uh, flying all over the world to perform my show as the mind reader, mentalist and all that, uh, all these things that I did, um, I was performing a lot. I was performing, uh, you know, all the way from Broadway to Hollywood to Bollywood, you know, and all over the world. Um, and I just remember one day, you know, flying back to Israel. And my mother came to pick me up from the uh, airport in Tel Aviv and we were driving all the way to the uh, upper Galilee. And uh, as we were um, doing the the drive, I'm checking my emails on my phone and I get this email. I don't even remember why or how I signed up to this list, but I'm getting some kind of an email about a course called uh, ASM, Amazing Selling Machines, like (laughs) 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah, it was literally 10 years ago. and it was so expensive. It was just super, super expensive. But they were so convincing by saying that um, that you can make so much money from selling on Amazon. Now, that was the time after I already knew what Amazon is because I actually wrote a couple of books. And I published them, and because of my um, appearances all over the place, every time I would do my show, I'd say, "And guys, you know, you should definitely read my book." Uh, I would show my books and all that stuff. And you know how it is. I don't need to teach you guys because you're Amazon experts. How easy it was for me to get this Amazon number one best selling badge because I had all these people in my shows going and buying the book, so I was very lucky and I was um, I added that to my uh, to my uh, resume a number one best selling author on Amazon. It was great. It was a great experience. And I said, well, if I can sell all these books, you know, uh, doing my shows, why shouldn't I create some kind of a physical product like this email? Is is, uh, is offering me to do? He's like saying, "Hey, you know, sell this uh, whatever it is," and and I said, "Maybe I should sell something that has to do with with the power of the mind. Maybe uh, uh some kind of a uh, special crystals or stones or a uh, or what do you call that dangling thing?" Uh,
1: um, uh, <laughs> It's like the dream my... catcher or
0: something. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. You know, that kind of like mind uh, releasing thoughts, provoking uh, elements. And like, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's say this. And they say, you know what? If you're not happy in 60 days, you can get a full refund. So, so what if it costs like $5,000 and spend another $5,000 flying to Vegas for our seminar and, you know, spend like $10,000? You know, they're giving us a full refund in 60 days. Once I signed up, Josh, it was just like a, an amazing ride. Because first thing is they said, whatever you thought that you're going to be selling on Amazon, forget all about it. You're not going to sell mm-hmm. that. You're going to sell what we're going to tell you that you're going to be selling. And it's going to be based <laughs> on some kind of a research that you're going to make. And all of a sudden, I find myself a performer, an entertainer, selling a, a women's beauty cosmetic product that has nothing to do with anything that I thought of. But I said, you know what? <laughs> Let's play their game. Let's say what it what If it works, bam, $100,000 made. Boom, I choose another product. Boom, another $100,000. Like literally, it was such a magical experience for me. I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, it's just like, it was, it was, you know, those was the, the, beauty, the beauty years of selling on Amazon when super URLs used to work.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, um, but anyway, so that's how I started. I literally started um, uh, over 10 years ago and I was uh, really doing really, really well. Um, but since day one, since day one, uh, I implemented a lot of my knowledge about the, the human mind and about how to create a real engaging brand that can really generate a lot of the of the sales. And it was funny when everybody was saying, you know, you're going to be working only um, uh, four hours a day, four hours a week. I'm like, yeah, you're going to be working. The truth is you're going to be working four hours an hour. <laughs> That's how I would That's say, real. because it was so much work. It was just so much work. And for, those of, uh, for all those that try to find like an easy way to get rich, um, they very soon, you know, asked for their refund for the, for the course, but I just, I never did end up asking for that refund. And I became a very big, uh, uh, supporter of that entire concept. Um, and I was really preaching to everybody. I could from the Amazon community, build a brand, build a brand, understand the psychology behind your brand, why you exist and why people actually end up buying your product. And I had a lot of friends who just created this flea market and they just kept on throwing products to Amazon and hoping something will stick and they would make some money from this, lose some money on that, Um, but nothing made a brand out of it. And there was no thoughts Mm -hmm. behind it except for just a simple formula of, hey, let's check out what is the BSR, how much, uh, what is the competition, what's the review and just choosing based on that. Um, But as you know, the reality catches uh, us eventually. And, uh, people realize that it's not just about throwing products out there and just, uh, hoping that it will stick or knowing that you followed specific, uh, course formula and you're able to find that winning product. In order to succeed now, you really have to understand some, a lot of the subtleties, uh, human subtleties and what makes someone actually buy your product. And I think that that is one of the biggest, um, ceilings. It's like a, this glass ceiling that, that prohibits that makes those makes it so much harder for these big brands that are trying to really get to the next level to achieve mm-hmm. that because they are very stuck with the old version, the old school practices that are not working as good and soon will not work at all. And that's what we're going to talk about today, Josh. We're going to mention a lot about that. So uh, I'll let you ask some questions because I can keep, keep on going on and on. But let's yeah. try to get you direct the, the, the conversation.
1: I love it. So to kind of reiterate everything you're talking about, you're talking about the importance of actually building a brand and a community around your products and not just kind of say, seeing, Hey, this type of market is doing well on Amazon. I'm going to go dive into this market and, Oh, I see this other markets doing well. I'm going to go dive into this. And then I've just got a bunch of disjointed products. Right. And I'm just relying on Amazon. Right. I think that's where a lot of Amazon sellers can kind of get tripped up most of the time. When you talk to a, you know, um, an Amazon brand owner and you talk about building a brand, I think what most people think about is, well, yeah, I created my storefront on Amazon. And uh, yeah, we have we've scheduled out some posts on Amazon posts and we have people clicking the follow button and We've sent out a few of the emails through Amazon's platform, but it's not great. But that's my brand. And oh, yeah, I have an insert card that leads to, you know, I've got an email list, but I'm not really sure what to send to that email list. It doesn't drive a ton of traffic. But what they do rely on is they know PPC and they know how to find products on Amazon. And that's what they're currently relying on. If I hear you correct, Ahud, what you're saying is that over the next five to 10 years, things are going to be shifting, and it's probably going to be even faster than that in terms of who's going to be able to survive in the long run with e-commerce. Is that a correct, correct synopsis?
0: Not even correct, but super correct. And I would even make it a little bit more extreme for the listeners. It's not even five years. I'm talking about a year maximum, two years from now. Um, and everybody who's relying on PPC, they already feel the pain. Everybody who's relying on this just spray and pray approach of let's just throw money into the ads because we see some kind of an, of money coming in, they already feel how hard it is to get the same results that they got two years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago. It's just becoming oh. harder and harder. The, the truth to be told is that the cost of all these traditional advertising uh, um, channels, whether it's Amazon PPC, Facebook, Google, or any other... Uh, traditional ads is just becoming more and more expensive, while the effectiveness of it is dropping significantly. And the reason behind it is because people do not believe in ads anymore. We have become accustomed. We have become, we have, like, it is if we... We realize that people are trying to sell us things, and we don't like that. Nobody likes to be sold to. Like, I don't want to be, like, when we see the ads, we literally ignore them. It becomes transparent. It becomes invisible. Now, Josh, it's not even about our customers. It's about you and me. You, Josh, me, and the person who is listening to this podcast right now. If they stop for just one second and think about it, it, we will prove it to them that they do not believe in ads anymore. When you go on YouTube, let's say you don't have a YouTube premium uh, subscription and you have that ad that keeps on showing. If I'll ask you, what was that ad about? You will tell me, I, I don't know, I just saw five, four, three, <laughs> two, one, skip ads. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't, yeah. no, that's it. When I ask you, wait, 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 what was that ad you saw on this TikTok that you, that you were swiping up? You're like, which, which one? Oh, there were ads? I didn't even see an ad. I was just, because you're so, red. it's become like instinct. You just swipe up. You don't care about these ads. Ads do not, you do not care about the ad. You're looking for the content. You're looking yeah. for essence. You're looking for something that will make your life better, make you feel better, make you feel happier, smarter, whatever it is you choose. Yeah. And that's what takes me to your question. And in your question, you said, these people said we created a brand. And that's where I stop everybody. Josh, that's where I'm literally, I do a, I can do a lecture in front of a thousand sellers and I would tell them, if you think you have a brand, raise your hand. And everybody's like raising their hand. I have a brand. I have a brand. I'm like, what is a brand? What does it mean? What does it mean that you have a brand? Well, I, 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 I registered it. I have a trademark. I have a brand. Yeah. That, that's what you think a brand is a, a registered trademark in the USPTO. No, no, no. I, I created a logo. I created a logo. I have a brand. Oh, okay. So now you have a brand. That's what you think. But having a, no, 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 I have five different products from the same niche and I put the same name on all of them. I have a brand. No, it's amazing. Because I have a completely different approach to what a brand really is. See, so Josh? Then,
1: yeah, yeah? So, so I'll ask it. Let's jump let's right into it because I know you're <laughs> going to share some, some deep truth here. But what does actually having a brand mean for an e-commerce seller?
0: What does a brand mean for anyone? not just an e-commerce seller. What does a brand mean? And here is what Ehud Segev says a brand is. Okay, Josh? A brand is audience, people. I'm coming from being on stages all over the world, performing. When I would do a show here in 42nd Street, Times Square on Broadway, New York City, and people would come and see me perform, they would go and buy tickets to see my show because they heard about me, because they read about me, Because a friend told them, oh, my God, you got to see this guy on stage. I had an audience. Without an audience, I would not have a reason to exist. If you do something and you do not have an audience, you have no reason to exist. In fact, it doesn't matter if you have one person that you're performing to or one million people. As long as you have that one person that is actually listening to you, watching you, consuming you, buying your product, now you have a brand. If you wrote a name on a box or you signed in the USPTO, you registered a trademark, nothing of that matters. But when someone actually talks about you, when somebody actually goes and places an order for your product or just tells their friend, mm. I just got this product and I love it. That is when a brand starts existing. Forget, guys, everything you ever learned about the term brand. Brand. Brand doesn't matter what it is, how you named it. You can name it Josh, you can name it Ehud, you can name it Apple. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that this brand has an audience. And once it has an audience, the brand becomes real.
1: Ehud, this is amazing. I love that you simplified what is a brand, what does it actually mean, down to one single word, audience. So now, here's my next question. So we know that a brand equals audience, right? Where do we begin? right especially if you're an amazon seller and you've already got let's say 20 different products serving a specific niche you've got your registered trademark you think you have a brand but what you know you're missing is the audience that you talked about where does a a brand or a seller go from there to say you know what it's true i've got the registered trademark but i don't have an audience i've got products but where do i begin to develop and create an audience of raving fans so as
0: you understand uh, it, it doesn't just start with the audience you have to come with something for the audience to talk about so there's audiences in new york there's millions of people in new york why would they come see my show i have to give them something to talk about when i was uh, working with all these brands in the past all these e-commerce brands would come to me and say we need to do something different with our product because we you're telling us that we have to build an audience. We have to create this, you know, brand around it. So what makes our product different? And um, it, it was it was so funny because um, in Hebrew, I was talking to all these Israeli sellers and, you know, there's a lot of them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It was funny in Hebrew when I was telling it to them because I, they would come and say, we created this amazing bundle. Everybody would come to me and say, I'm so different in all my competition because I have this bundle that I created. I'm actually adding." And I would say to them, uh, don't bundle. In Hebrew, it sounds funny. In Hebrew, it says, "Lo it says, It's like literally almost the same word, which means do not bundle, be different. Like really mm. come with a solution. But it's like literally one letter less. But they were, they were like, but this is so hard because they're like, oh my God, it's so easy to find what other product is sold with your product. You just look at Amazon and you know it. But all of a sudden you're asking me to do something different. Now, that's, that demands a lot of, of work, and it's not. It actually does not. Once you understand and you follow some of the great people that teach that, um, everybody's like eventually is teaching you, read the bad reviews of your competition. That's like one of the best ways to do that. But when you ask yourself the deeper understanding of why am I reading those one-star reviews of my competition, you understand that it that it relies on a much deeper psychological thing that happens with the people who wrote that bad review. Now, let, let's talk about it for a second, because once, once your audience is here, your audience is listen to down, because you have a brand, your, your <laughs> podcast, it would not exist without your audience. Once sure. your audience understands the subtle psychological facts that made someone wrote a one-star review for your competition, you have no idea how powerful it is for their own brand. As you create your own brand, you will get your own one-star review and you can actually go and kiss the people who gave you those one-star reviews because they are the ones who are really going to help you build your brand even better. But you know, as you're starting, you know what, let's concentrate on that because we're talking about seven uh, a six, seven-figure seller. So what does it mean to read someone's one-star review? And once I tell you this, neither one of your sellers will ever read a one-star review the same again. This is a huge golden nugget, okay? Listen to this, Josh. Every complaint Consists of a huge request. Someone is begging for help. Someone is is trying to kill your product, putting that one star review. You're gonna hate them so much, but they actually give you a roadmap. That roadmap is literally a roadmap for success. He's telling you, please help me get to my destination. You can never get to that destination from five star reviews or four star reviews. Those are nothing. They're empty and meaningless. The only thing that can make your brand more successful is by understanding that every one-star review that you get for your product is a building block to determining what your brand is all about, who you are, and how you can be the biggest thing out there, just like Apple, Sony, Nike. Why? Because the human mind, many times, does not know to come and say, hey, can you help me Can you help me achieve X, Y, or Z? Can you do this for me? That will make me so happy. We have been trained to attack, to complain, to be sad and annoyed, whereas in reality, we're asking for help. Now, no matter what that one-star review is, if you can take that one-star review and ask yourself this simple question, what is that person that wrote that one-star review is actually asking me? They're asking, they have a, they're actually asking me something and they're wanting for me to help them. They want to get from wherever they are right now in life to a different place that will make them happier, more content, more healthy. So instead of getting so upset when you get that one-star review, you understand how the audience is actually giving you the building blocks of making your brand so much better than any other brand. You asked me, how do I build my audience? How do I even understand who my audiences are? Yeah. By looking at these one star reviews, you can actually tell who your audience is. Because one mm-hmm. of the best ways I teach my brands, the people that I work with, to understand what the brand is about, is not by coming and saying, I'm smarter than everybody else and I know why I created my products, no. It's by asking my people that bought my product, why did you buy my product or why did you not buy my product? Or in our case, why did you return my product and leave and left a one-star review? And when you understand that, when you understand the reasons why, you understand what makes your brand different than anyone else. And that is how you know how to approach that audience. And you ask me, hey, heard, now that you can create an audience, how can you grow and build it? When you understand who your audience is, who your audience is and what they want, it's so much easier to reach out to them because you know their pain. You know exactly what are those points that you need to press on, or as I'm using it in the new future of marketing, which is using content creators and people like them. I'm using my own audiences. I'm taking the closest people to my audience and I match my product with them because I know that they will be the ones that are the the best ones to talk about the pain and to share that with other people and to convince them to become, not even to buy my product, but to become my brand's audience.
1: Hey, this is a huge mindset shift, not only for myself, but I think for the listeners. Um, I, I wanna reiterate everything that you just talked about because I asked you this question. Okay, I've got my brand on Amazon or maybe it's on Shopify, whatever it is, right? And I'm selling products already but I need to build an audience of people, right? I wanna actually create a brand, which you said a brand is an audience of people, right? If I wanna create an audience, I asked you that question, the first thing that you did instead of, well, I would immediately get on social media, I would start telling your story, I would go partner with this, I would start running these ads, et cetera, et cetera. The very first thing you did is you, you really rolled everything back and took us to the beginning of identifying how you are differentiated in the market. What is it that you are bringing that's unique to your niche? And I love that you zoned in even more to provide us, I think, a, gold, a golden hack here of understanding who your true audience is, are the people lo- leaving you the one-star reviews, not the five-star reviews, not the four-star reviews. And I love that you said the people that are leaving the four-star reviews, are begging for help and they are telling you exactly how they need your help in order to achieve their goals and they are paving your path to future success if and only if you listen to them and actually serve them. Um, but I love that that's such a core fundamental piece to all of this. And so I want everybody to really you know hit rewind and dive into this because it's a different way of looking at. Who is my brand? Who is my audience? Who am I serving? How am I different? And how is my product differentiated in the market? So now I, had, I think we could dive into that mindset stuff more for the next hour, but I want to get into even more exciting stuff, right? So let's say I've now I now know who my audience is. I know how to serve them. How do I go get more of these people? Let's say I've got one person, right? Like you said, an audience can just be one to begin with. Say I've, I've zoned in on who that person is. How do I go build a bigger audience like yourself that could go fill, you know, a stadium or a theater full of people that want to hear me or my brand, buy my products and more?
0: So uh, great question. And that's literally the $1 million question, right? <laughs> So basically, when you give someone uh, an experience that is um, uh, over delivering their expectations, you already are, you know, 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Uh, but this is not new. We all know that. But if we only have this one person or a few people, a handful of people, but, you know, most of our um, brands that are listening to us right now actually have some kind of, a, you know, a, a much bigger pool of of, of fans or, or audiences that are already working with, we want to understand something so beautiful that I've learned. From uh, Seth Godin, and I totally recommend everyone who's not read his books or even listening to his podcast. Seth Godin, one of the most brilliant people ever. Um, in one of his uh, one of the things he said is that people like us do things like people like us. Just just that that one line that he kept on saying: people like you know people like you, Josh, are are doing things like people like. You, you know, these are, are the type of people that are literally doing what you guys are doing. So, if we're taking it to the extreme, and and you know, we're talking about uh, my friends in Israel or my Jewish friends in Israel, they will not go to a non-Kosher restaurant because people like those Jewish people in Israel that go to all these kosher restaurants will go to a kosher restaurant to eat their you know dinner, and they will not go and eat some shrimp or something which is not kosher. This is if if I just want to show you how you know how simple it is to understand. Every one of us is unique but we follow the same trends the same ideas and the same concepts a lot of it is because of the way we were raised our neighborhood our mentality the school our teachers when we understand that we will never be able to reach everybody we're already halfway there a lot of these brands are are just you know trying to eat the cake and have it too By saying, you know, no, no, my product is amazing. I have a chef knife. Everybody needs a chef knife. You know, stuff like that. I have a cutting board. Everybody needs a cutting board. No. But understanding that some people will use your product. And these type of people are the type of people that will be using your product. And if you don't have that niche, you have to invent it. You literally Mm. have to say, okay, I'm not going to make that generic product, at least not in the beginning. I might be able to create a lot of variations later. But in order to start with something, I really have to do something like people like my audiences will appreciate. So one of these brands that I work with is selling a self-tanning lotion and like send it and let's share it and let's create content with all these uh, Amazon influencers and content creators out there. But the the truth to be told, there's so many people who are naturally tanned or African-Americans or Latin people in this area that are so tanning, they never use a self-tanning lotion. So all of a sudden you're like, no, you, it's not everybody. It's not. You know, you think because it's easy for you to say, just let's do it. Let's just get the word out there. But wait, if I'm literally promoting it to the wrong people, I'm missing out on, first thing, I'm just spending my time and energy and money, which are literally the only three things that I have, right? My energy, my time, and my money. Those are the only three rely on in the world. And if I don't know how to maximize these three elements, I'm literally losing it all. So understanding that people like us buy things from people like us, all of a sudden it makes so much sense. All of a sudden you are start understanding how I can utilize my audience to sell more and grow my brand. Because people like us will keep on buying products from people like us. As long as these products are products like these that are belonging to people like us, it's all about this little rhythm. Mm. And yeah, go
1: ahead. I I was just gonna say, you know, the idea came to my mind just to like double down on what you're talking about. You talked about the example of a chef knife, right? And you're saying, okay, chef knife is pretty standard. Almost everybody probably has one in their kitchen, right? Here's how you, and you said, if there isn't a specific audience, then go create one, right? With the analogy of the chef knife, and this just came to me, you've got a professional chef, right? That loves to cook, right? That they're a professional chef. That would be one type of audience that you could serve. You've also got maybe a barbecue enthusiast, right? They love their meat and they love their, you know, barbecuing, right? You could probably tailor it your your product to that audience, or you've got maybe your everyday um, consumer that maybe only cooks maybe once or twice a week. They need something just to get the job done efficiently, but they don't need, you know, they don't need the level that the professional chef does or, you know, what the barbecue enthusiast needs, right? And so I think that's what you're trying to hone in on, right? Is like, speak to a specific audience not just everybody. And if you think that it's like, well, anybody that has a kitchen is my audience. Anybody that cooks, you're wrong. You need to get deeper. Is that a correct assessment? Josh,
0: it's, it's very, very correct. But let's, let's explain it a little bit deeper. Let's, let's right, share let's a little bit it. more insights about it just so people will, will get the hang of it. Just like you said, you might be a, a sushi man. You, you might be cutting your sushi with that chef knife. So you're specifically for sushi, or you might be a, a vegan that cuts his, you know, whatever uh, vegetables or whatever uh, special things. And many times when you create your brand, you don't even know who are the people who are buying your, uh, your product are. And that's where you can really rely on the reviews or the people who are joining your communities, whether you create a Facebook group for that and all that kind of stuff. And then you can start owning down and understanding exactly who are these people that are buying my product, it is so crucial because once you create that really strong base and you don't have to know it by, in the beginning, you you know, you, you just threw it out there. And all of a sudden, like you said, like you said, Josh, I realized that all of a sudden, this either this professional chef is the one who actually, those are the people who ended up buying this specific knife. And maybe it's because the price was higher. So we made it like, you know, we we created this, you know, good reputation for this knife, the higher the cost is, it, the people believe the quality is better, even though we know it doesn't make mean anything. Um, so um, where did that product that I create in a little bit of a spiritual way, I'm going to ask people, where is that energetic vibe resonated with what audiences? It's kind of weird that I say that, but it's true. I threw out a product out there it was something that i did a research or it was a part of my brand so i know some kind of the dna of the product but when we have babies and they're born we can try to educate them but each one of them will have their own soul their own they will organically grow to be their own human being and the same thing happens with the product when you create in an energetic level a product and you send it out to the world it's going to echo and resonate with very specific audiences sometimes you plant it Sometimes you did not one of the products I was launching was literally a children's beach tent, which is a pop up beach tent that you mm-hmm. open, and it's like one of the this was one of the products that that I launched a few years ago. You will never believe I'm taking it to the extreme, but you will never believe who was the audience that ended up buying most of these products. It was carpenters that used that product as a replacement for their wood cutting to collect all the the pieces of the wood that would fly oh, into wow. that thing because the because the original product by the by the sewing company, the saw company, whatever it, it is, they actually sold it for like I don't know 199 dollars for that special you know dust collector, and this tent created fit perfectly, and it was only 39.99. So everybody was talking about, hey, just get this beach beach tent by by this brand, and all of a sudden we sold so much of that. I'm just giving like a really extreme example to show you how sometimes you plan one thing and you end up getting something mm-hmm. completely different because something about the energy is decided that that's what's going to happen. But yeah. but when we take it back to ourselves and we understand that once we gave birth to a product, that product has our DNA, our brand's DNA, meaning it's going to be easy for us because we created it and we, we're kind of aiming it to a specific audience, but it will be echoed into this universe and will create its own, you know, Audience and its own kind of culture around it. And as we listen to it, it's going to be very interesting to see how it resonates with who it resonates, who are the people that are actually wanting it. Are they Jewish people in Tel Aviv or Israel or Brooklyn, or are these Latin people in my neighborhood here in Manhattan that love it? You know, whatever it is, it it doesn't matter because each one will echo it because people like me will end up buying stuff like, you know, this specific product. Um, Where do we take this? Where do we take this all, all of that knowledge? So I took this all of this knowledge that I was thinking and I realized and all that stuff. And I was really working on trying to help all these brands and trying to, you know, me coming as an influencer and creator myself because I was performing. I have all my audiences. I have, you know, tens of thousands of people following me on social media. I'm like, the world is shifting. People are not believing in those traditional sort, sorts of advertisement anymore. How are we going to leverage the new way of selling products which is only going to be uh by creators uh this is literally the 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 future of of selling online um how are we going to build it how are we going to use everything i just said and turn it into a technology into bits and bytes into zeros and ones and here is the here is the way we did it so differently we did it by looking at Exactly, you know, I'm following. i how do you say? I put my 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 money where my mouth is. Is that how you say it? Yeah, exactly? yeah? yeah. I like you know. I'm saying like you know, watch other people and what they're failing in. Look at the one star reviews. And I was like, let's see what's wrong with the with the way it is right now. Let's try to understand why it's not working the way it's it's supposed to be working. When I'm a brand and I'm trying to reach out to all these audiences and I'm trying to use creators that are content creators are literally my audiences. I'm using audiences yeah. to get to audiences. Yeah, uh, you know. You asked me before if, how to use influencers or the world of influencers, but I don't like saying influencer because, you know, people used to think that an influencer is someone that has a million followers and they're going to influence people to buy my product. But that's not the case. I don't want people to influence millions to buy my product because we understand that that's not how the, the product is going to grow and build. I understand mm-hmm. that I need my own audiences, people like me, that buy products like this, these are the people I want to talk to. I don't want to talk to a a, a huge person because that takes me back to where we were a hundred years ago, yeah. which is here. Take a million dollar, put an ad on NBC, on CBS, on whatever it used to be. Put it on New York Times ad and spray and pray, and let's hope that from a million people one one will want to. No, that's not the way to do it. It's definitely not. The, when you understand that your product has a DNA, and you're literally going to to you know, go in Times Square and scream to everybody, buy my product, you're literally going to spend your time, energy, and money, the three elements that are that you have. You don't want to spend it on the wrong thing. So how am I finding the right people? I need to find people like the people who are already buying the product, okay? So what are the pains that people, are, that brands are facing right now when they try to achieve that? What is the problem? And I was, you know, looking at all these other softwares out there and technologies and Basically, you know, you start from, from as simple as going to fiverr.com. It's a marketplace and you look for influencers or you go into more specific influencers.com's websites and trying to find influencers. influencers. Everything is influencer influencer marketing. Yeah. But I speak to all these brands and they tell me, listen, it's just so time consuming. It's so hard. What is hard? It's just, I don't know what it's all, but I need I need an answer. Like I told you, Brandy's audience, I need an answer. What is hard? But nobody could tell me. Yeah. So I had to figure out what was hard myself. <laughs> and I figured it out. I figured it out. When they say it's so hard and time-consuming and expensive, yada, 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 and it just like takes so much energy, it comes down to filters. And <laughs> I'm serious. Like It's funny what I'm saying right now. I'm, I'm, here's a bomb, okay? It's filters. Filter, filter, filter. Let's filter down Who is the right influencer for me? So basically, here's the thing. All these brands go to all these websites and the first thing they see in all the websites, you do it yourself, you can try it right now and you'll see that I'm right. The first thing you see when you go to any one of these websites, whether it's Fiverr, uh, Upwork, Influencer.com, Schmanzfluencer.com, Spunkfluencer, name whatever, you know, influencer, you know, uh, words that they invented. And the first thing you will see on the screen is, you're going to be able to filter down to the best influencer. Yeah. like literally start drilling down and drilling down. We have thousands of influencers, tens of thousands, millions of influencers. Let's drill down. Now here's what happens. I have a product. I go to one of these websites. And, and by the way, these websites are amazing. I don't want to sound like I'm, 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 you know, I don't want to sound like that. Even though it's annoying, I'm annoyed by all these filters, but they, are, they solve the problem perfectly until now. Now they have to change. Now everybody have to listen to me and they'll probably start following the the methodology and the technologies that we're inventing because AI is ch- changing everything. But until now, that was the technology and that was fine. Why? Yeah. Because you would go to a website and you would say, uh, I have this new lipstick that I'm launching, so I need it to, I want to filter down to only a female. Yeah, boom filter down to instead of, I don't know, 10,000. Now I have only 5,000 influencers in the list. And I want her to, uh, to have, uh, at least 100,000 followers on Instagram, boom, just dropped to 700 influencers. And I want her to, uh, live in, uh, New York, Los Angeles, or Florida, boom, limited to 349 influencers. And I want her to, uh, mention the word lipstick in one of her posts or something, boom, lower down to, uh, 74 and now I need to start emailing all these 74 and waiting for them to reply to me and then ask them if they want to participate in some kind of a campaign and then ask them for what their rates are and ask them to show me that stuff and like back and forth, back and forth and all that. Oh my gosh. Mm. Now I understand why all these brands give up and say this is just too much. On average, it takes six weeks for someone and they have to have someone just working all day long, just back and forth, back and forth. And let's set them up as a vendor and send me an invoice, but send me a report. And what was the results and all that kind of stuff. And so on a normal platform that exists right now, which as I said before, those are the best platforms that existed until now, it took an average of six weeks to get a campaign out. And then you would never be able to see the results. And I said, okay, we have to, we have to really fix it. We have to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, without going into too much details, because we really nailed it. I think we, we did something so mind boggling. we, we use AI, you know, we, we literally, AI is literally taking over. And, and, and you know, I was talking about it for the past two years since I went into the garage and start coding, like not looking outside to the world and just like trying to figure this out. But now everybody's exploding with AI, with all these, you know, stable diffusion, mid-journey, chat GPT, all these people realizing right now how AI really has the power to, to tell and, and, and really be able to create something from nothing. But when you take all these creators, and you're able to understand who they are and the essence of their existence and who are the people that are like them, now imagine the magic. Now imagine the magic, Josh, of being able to not use filter. To not email back and forth, back and forth. Will you work for me? This is my product. These are my talking points. This is the thing. Where should I ship the product to you? How much are you wanting to pay? Can you send me an invoice? Can you send me the report? This one sends an Excel. This one sends a Notepad. This one sends a screenshot. This one. You know, oh, 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 oh. Can you imagine taking all of that communication and eliminating it, and taking all this yabai 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 that I just described you those six weeks of painful, painful process? Remove it. Literally remove it out, place it with an AI engine that completely automates it and make sure that from all the influencers out there, you will be matched with the ones who are most likely to generate sales for your product. Not maybe, not guessing, knowing, knowing for like our technology, why, why, I love, why I'm so in love with it is because where everybody else is guessing or filters down, When you said, I want this woman to have 100,000 followers on Instagram, you just lost 742 girls who are more likely to generate sales for your lipstick than that girl alone. You literally eliminated her. Why? Because you filtered her down. Yeah. Yeah. But you cannot go one by one over thousands of influencers and trying to figure out yourself if that person will actually sell the product. But AI can.
1: So that's my, so that would be my question then. How does this magic or sorcery work, how are you able to identify this influencer or content creator is really going to have success with your products? How do you know that through AI and your experience in any case studies?
0: So I can tell you a little bit so other companies can start building their own technologies and we're doing, it's going to take them a while, but uh, but I'll be happy to share. I think the best way to explain it is by understanding the the four pillars or the the four steps that every seller um, that happens when when you when you sell a product so if I'm selling this uh, earpods by um by Apple for an example I'll just take that as an example but let's imagine it can be a lipstick it can be a chef knife it can be anything right so basically what happens is that the first step is that you have to have an offer I can create it for myself I can you know but if I don't have an offer that I'm saying here is a product and this product sells for $50, and maybe there's a discount, but that's the first pillar. Like That's like literally an offer. When you have an offer, you're starting the, the journey. Now you have the offer, and this is sitting in my store, but nobody knows about this offer. It's like, okay, it can stay in my store for eternity. We need to make sure that this offer is being pushed out. So that's where the second pillar comes, which is a channel of distribution for my offer. And that is what we discussed before. It can be a PPC campaign. It can be putting an ad in the New York Times, a full page and everybody will see it, you know, and it's like reaching everybody. I can put a TV ad. I can put whatever I want. That's the second thing. I need to find a channel. In my case, I'm going to use a content creator to share the word about this offer, right? But it can be any other medium that is sharing this offer. And then the third step comes, which is audience are actually being exposed to this offer. This is the third automatic thing. I put the ad, boom, the next day everybody sees it. I put it on, I put a PPC, someone clicked the keyword, he sees the ad, I was promoting it with a content creator, his followers were exposed to this offer. Which leads out, which leads us to the last step, which is some of this audience will actually end up buying mm-hmm. this product. So that is the sale. From an offer to a sale, with distribution and audience in the in the in, in the middle. Okay. Now let's see what happens right now. And when I will tell you this you will immediately understand why our technology is so disruptive. Why what I'm trying to build with the team is so different than anything else out there. Everybody is trying to find the right channel to distribute the message to the audience in order to generate the sale. Look at that Josh from the product Who is going to be the right one to distribute my message? And a lot of people are using PPC or trying to find, uh, you know, influences with all these filters and all that kind of stuff. So they hope that the audience will be engaged enough to make that sale. Take a deep breath because I'm going to tell you something right now that will blow your mind. What if, what if I could go in reverse? What if I had the power to start by the sale, from that sale, figure out who the audience is that already bought it, then, 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 Josh, only then, audiences, what channel are they relying on in order to make their, their purchases? And these are the channels that I'm going to distribute my offer through. Mm-hmm. Isn't that magical if I can do that? Yeah. Isn't that magical? It is, it is taking the guesswork, all this struggle here between step one and two, and making it not important anymore. It doesn't exist. I already know the product and who they are following so I can reach out to them. And how do I do that? I need to find the invisible X. What is invisible X? I need to know what other products were already sold by those creators. And Uh this is our secret. For the past two years, we have been collecting every single sale that was ever been performed by all these Amazon influencers. And we work with most of the Amazon influencers out there. We know exactly what they sold, and now when we feed it into the AI, no matter what product you will give me, I will know who are the people who already sold the most similar products that has the most features, whether it's review, size, category, uh, price. I just know from reversing the process who are already bought the product. These audiences are already engaged with those influencers, and now I can match you with the people who I know, I'm not guessing, I know that they already generated sales for your competitors, for similar products, or products in your niche, and this is how we're completely disrupting this industry. And, um, and I think you understand now how sometimes thinking outside the box, that, that's probably how I became so famous and successful as a mentalist and a mind reader, because when you're doing a magic effect on stage, you always ask yourself first, what is the outcome? What do I want the audience to experience? And then I'm starting to figure out, Hey, how can I do it? How can I achieve that goal? And I try to make it, you know, happen by itself, but literally going from the back. And that's how we build that.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: You just have the secret sauce. So now everybody can go and imitate what we Uh, do.
1: Much easier said than done. But I think everybody's jaw just hit the floor in terms of like, that would be incredible to tap into that type of network. Now, Hey, we're running up on time. We're going to wrap things up here. Maybe I can twist your arm and pull you into a, a part two episode here where we could actually dive into like what makes successful content creator campaigns. Right. Because that's going to be the name of the game over the next, you know, you say in the next year or two, things are going to shift, you know, paramountly that you're going to need this in order to survive. But hey, I like to leave my audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Here are the three that I've noted. You let me know if I'm missing anything and anything else we should add to this. But step number one and action item number one would be to understand what your brand is and understand what the term brand means. And so first is go back to the very beginning of this podcast of what Ahud talked about, which is. The simplicity of a brand is that it equals your audience. It's as simple as that. It's not having a trademark. It's not having 20 products in one niche. It's none of those metrics. It is as simple as having an audience of people that are there showing up, wanting the products that you offer, which leads to action item number two. If you're struggling trying to figure out, well, Who is my brand and who is my audience and how can I create this audience? The step one for that would be looking at your one star reviews, looking at who are the people that are telling you and begging for your help to say, this is the pain point that I'm having. If you can solve this, I am really painting your roadmap to future success. That is your audience. Then you take that to step number three and action item number three is If you already understand that you have a brand that has an audience, you already know who that audience is, the market that you're serving. And it's not everybody. It's a very specific subset of people. If you understand those things, you can move into step three, which is pouring gasoline on the fire, which is partnering and creating relationships with these content creators. We haven't even gotten into the opportunity to dive into how do you form these relationships? Because it's not just, hey, I sent them one product and now I'm just printing millions of, of dollars from their post. It's so much more than that. Step three would be go, go partner with somebody like Ahood service, Logi.ai, that can revolutionize and distribute your products to the audience that you're trying to serve better. Ahood, is there anything else that you would add that I've missed here? No,
0: that that first thing, it's really sweet of you to make that third uh, action point, uh, pointing at me. It's not, it doesn't have to point at me. <clears throat> it's really about, uh, you know, building a community and understanding that you use that community to, you know, spread the word. And um, if you can track who from those, that community is actually generating sales for you, you'll be able to grow that connection and relationship with them and make them your brand ambassadors and all that kind of stuff. So, of course, um, we'll be happy to help, but you know, it's really literally down to this, to understanding that people like these are buying products from people like these. These are like the same concept. This is what you want to remember. And um, and yeah, and I love it. That That's a great recap. I think you should be the next chat GPT because you know how to take a <laughs> thing and, you know,
1: summarize it. <laughs> not as quickly though, not as quickly. <laughs> um, this has been amazing. Ehud, I like to ask each guest the three following questions. So we'll start with number one. What is the most influential book that you've read and why?
0: So um, I read, uh, I tried to read a lot of books. And recently I tried to Audible a lot of books so I can, uh, you know, listen to them while I'm um, on the road. Um, so outside of the, you know, huge books that influenced me from childhood, like The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho or uh, The Best Salesman in the World, one of the best books ever. It's a tiny little book that just, you know, Changes uh, things completely. I actually want to recommend uh, one of my recent read, uh, reads that, is, uh, uh, that I would recommend to everybody who's uh, starting a new business, um, whether it's e-commerce or any kind of business. And it's written by um, a fellow Israeli uh, dude uh, that actually sold the software Waze um, to uh, Google for $1.2 billion. His book is called Fall in Love with the Problem. Not the solution, and mm-hmm. I think that that kind of emphasizes. Actually, it reminds me of what we spoke about reading the one-star review. Um, uh-huh. His name is uh, uh, Uri Levine, Uri Levine. You he, he would say in America, uh, but I would totally recommend that book for a lot of the people right now. Great, great book. So
1: I love that. That's a great recommendation. I haven't read that one yet, but I have added it to the list now. Second question: What's your favorite productivity tool or software tool that you've been using that you think is a game changer?
0: So I, I totally recommend to everyone, even if you're not a coder or like a, <clears throat> an advanced uh, uh, developer or anything, to really learn the basics of no-code tools. Um, so the tool that I use or at least use the most when it comes to no-coding used to be called Integromat.com. It was changed to a simple make .com. It's very similar to Zapier, which a lot of people are using, but it, in my opinion, it's so much more robust because of the user interface. Um, if there's one tool that, because uh, everybody's using, you know, Google Sheets and Docs and all these kind of different software and emails and all that kind of stuff. But using, learning that little learning curve that will make you a little bit of a better automator uh, by using make.com, you can literally automate so much of your company and um and achieve so much in li- in less time with less hassle i uh, totally totally recommend it um, and um and if you're not ready to make.com i would probably suggest switching to airtable which is another really powerful tool that's like google sheets but on steroids and that allows a lot of automations from within it so you don't have to rely on other softwares as well so that's a a really good recommendation
1: i <laughs> agree with you wholeheartedly we just recently started using make com as well. And man, it has been game changing. And I love that you could see process flows um, in it. It's definitely got a different user interface than Zapier does. And it really helps. I mean, you're kind of laying out your SOPs um, and giving it to automation. So I love that. Final question, A-Hood, Who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space and why?
0: That's a very <clears throat> big question, you know. <laughs> like you know who you are
1: putting you on the spot uh, now, right? there's only one that you could recommend out of <laughs> everybody right that's that's a and
0: that's a beautiful question um I'm actually going to um to mention uh someone that was in your podcast a few uh weeks ago um and he's someone who I really appreciate and I really love him and I think that he's uh he's also one of the top e commerce in amazon Brilliant people, but he's also a good friend, and uh, I really appreciate him. and His name is James Thompson, uh, so uh, he's the one of the founders of the Prosper Show in Vegas, and uh, um, he had a huge agency. Now he really helps a lot of uh, companies in the in the business. But I feel like he's um, the reason why I really appreciate him is because I feel like he really loves to help. He really just like loves to help by by sharing his knowledge and and sharing his connections. So, you know, when I just told him. Before anything, I just told him about that technology. I was so impressed. All of a sudden I started getting all these emails that he was connecting me to all these people. I was just like, so like, these are the people that we need more of just people that want to share this, you know, eternal love with the universe. So I really like you, James. Thank you so much for everything you did for us and for everything you do. So I really, love (laughs) him.
1: big shout out to James. And if you haven't heard his episode, go check out in past episodes. It came out in the month of April. Um check out James Thompson's uh podcast episode. So much knowledge that he shares. So Ahud, where can people go to follow you, learn more about Logi AI, and uh follow your journey?
0: So you just said it, Logi.ai. That's like literally the best way to find information about us. The L-O-G-I-E. L-O-G-I-E dot AI. That's a website. Um and you will probably have to go to a waiting list because we have a lot of brands in the, in the waiting list. But uh, definitely uh, put your information in, you know, and make sure that you mention that you heard about us in this podcast. Uh, and, I'm, um, and I'm an easy approach as well. Direct email is literally just the letter E, like A-hood, E, the letter E at Logi.ai. So if anyone wants to reach me directly, very busy, I'll try to reply. I'm trying to. Sometimes it takes a week or two or a month but I'm trying to reply
1: when people are looking for me. I love it. Hey Hood. thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure our audience as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Josh. And thank you for everybody for listening to us. Truly appreciate it. Thank
0: you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.